Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my illustrious co-host, Brie Tucker. Wow, hello, hello, buddy. How are you? It's funny, inside story, we had to record this intro probably two or three times because we're tired. <laughs> oh my gosh. It has been an amazing seven days, but exhausting, exhausting seven days. We just finished up the Be Resilient Summit and it was phenomenal. The stories in there from people who attended the summit of strategies they're starting to use with their family. I mean, shout out to sh- uh, people in there who said they their kids are doing chores now without being asked. Uh, they watched the summit with their kids and they found so much understanding and so many great ideas. And it and- just makes my heart I know, like not feeling guilty saying no, that they can do something later. That's just amazing because that's what we try to do is cut out that guilt. But with it comes the exhaustion, which fits into this episode so well. Full heart, low brain power right now. (laughs) Low battery power. Low battery. Everything's going to pump stuff to the heart because it's so full. It's so full. (laughs) I like that thought process way better than my drained battery. (laughs) But today's podcast guest, her name is Blessing Aldasian, and she's the founder of Mother Honestly. You might have heard of them. They're a complete ecosystem reshaping the future of women and families at home and in the workplace place. And Blessing is a trusted expert in work-life solutions for working parents and has helped transform the role of mothers in the workplace and home. And before Mother Honestly, she spent 15 years in Fortune 100 companies such as Microsoft, HP, Cargill, PepsiCo, the list goes on and on. She knows her stuff when it comes to how women are not supported in the workplace and the things that need to change so they are. I loved our conversation with Blessing. It was so fun to talk with her, and I know that you are going to get a lot out of this episode. And now, on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal, too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Leslie, we are so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. And when uh, we're going to dive in though, but we met at Mom 2.0, a conference. And when we met, it was like after a very, very hard workout <laughs> that they did at the conference with mountain climbers and everything, just like a sweaty breakfast, basically, as, as I remember it. But I was so fascinated in you and your story and uh, where you live currently and where you run your business currently. Uh, So right now you are in Nigeria. Yes, I am. And you're originally from Nigeria, correct? I grew up in Nigeria, yes. I moved to the U.S. when I was 15 for college. And yeah, I mean, it it felt like coming back home, which which felt so good, right? (laughs) So to get into you, to let our listeners know about you, you started out in Fortune 500 companies when you started your career here in the U.S., Correct. So just to give a quick spiel. So went to school. I went to the University of Florida. I graduated um, in chemical engineering, went straight into working for a Fortune 100 company, 
um, then did that for about five years. I think one of the special things about my career was I literally went into a Fortune 100 company with a baby. So my little tire was like nine months old at the time when I started. And, and in fact, I had interned at PepsiCo while I was pregnant and had the baby and went back for another second internship. I had a third internship with her as well. It was just a wild ride and, um, you know, worked again for another Fortune 100 company. So literally, you know, but in the, in the span of my career, I have worked with five Fortune 100 companies. And I think it was at the very last one, I realized that, whoa, it's really not going to be ever different, right? Because I always just thought that, oh my goodness, you know, I'm just in the bad company. Like, I'm just going to go to another one and see like if they're better, like if they're able to like understand and pay me well and, you know, take care of, you know, understand that I'm a working mother. And it just never happened for me. And so the very last company, which, I mean, they're all amazing companies. Uh, I think that corporate America just doesn't understand, right, how to effectively support employee caregivers, especially working parents. And so, you know, at the, at the very last company, I, I decided, you know, to start talking about it because I had spent a lot of time building ERG groups within these companies because I was always looking for solutions for myself and my brain is wired to solve problems. So I'm like, okay, if I can't find the problem, I just, I'm sorry, the solution, I would just go ahead and create the solution. And so created multiple ERG companies, which we call employee resource groups right? Mm -hmm. Bringing parents together in the workplace. And so by the time I got to the fifth company, I realized that, well, if if this is not going to change, right, I might as well, you know, create my own quote unquote ERG company. And so that was how Mother Honestly started. It literally started as a side project. I, I had no plans. My background is very technical. I had no plans to, you know, make this into a business. I thought I was just doing something fun and exciting on Instagram and it just blew up. And within three months, we had a conference of 300 people. Um, within a year, we were reaching thousands and thousands of mothers. And now we reach over a million women um, in the workplace. And so the, I think it was more of how do we you know, um, it, it started with how do we elevate women in the workplace? And now it's really how do we bring care into the workplace, period? Because it's not, you know, it's not a woman's issue. I think, you know, I always thought it was a woman's issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now with where Mother Honestly is, we're just very clear that this is not a woman's issue. This is a care issue. Our society has not been built to support women and it hasn't been built to support anyone that cares about anything. Yes. Right. I couldn't so. agree with you more. And like, I, so I never had, I, I worked in the corporate industry. I worked in the entertainment industry in LA, but I did not have kids then. I only experienced having a child when I was working in education. Um, what kind of things did you see in corporate America that really didn't support parents? I think that companies can really provide women and families and working families with true support, right? Um, Support in a way that allows them to bring their best self to work. And what we've realized is that it's not just quote unquote paid parental leave. Those are great things. Those should happen anyways. No one should be left alone to have a baby and still come back to work, right? It is just not human. Like we shouldn't be doing those things. Um, But there are other things that companies can do, you know, like supporting women with childcare. And it's not just women, right? 
the child is for everyone. Yes. For men too. It's for the society. I actually think I saw this on Mother Honestly's Instagram about the need for like parental leave for dads because how moms basically they're given this parental leave, but then they're they're given this time to really form a relationship with the child. And because they're the only ones there, they're the ones the child goes to for like all of their stuff. Whereas if dads had the same time, they would be seen as like an equal parenting like person. Right. And actually, the the research does support the fact that women tend to have a stronger bond with their children when they're first born because of the physical companionship and the physical care that we have to give for our children, especially if we're breastfeeding. So it's harder for dads to relate to their children at that young age, at that young state. And like you're saying, if they don't have that extra time and opportunity, like we are given as moms when we do have the benefit of of receiving leave. But again, because of the way that things are structured here in the US, right? It's so gender specific that, okay, the mom gets leave, but the dad doesn't. And that cuts them out of the opportunity to have that bonding time with the babies that that moms get. Yeah, I think I think you know what I when when I when we when you see benefits like that, right? Where you know whether it's women get you know this much parental leave, our company we've provided this, and then we hear that oh you know what dads only get two days or they only get two weeks, right? Because they are non-birthing parents. But that's not the point. The point is that we don't value care, and we are signaling right from the start that whoa, this new baby is a woman's issue, Mm -hmm. right? Right. This new baby is a job. Like she's supposed to literally continue this. She, you know, whether she got pregnant with this baby or she adopted this baby, this is for, this is our own problem to solve. Like right from, I mean, think about it. Right from the day that your child is born, that child is being told that their dad shouldn't have as much say, shouldn't play a part. That's true. And, and 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 that's the reality that you know we've sort of boxed ourselves into this mess as a society because we don't value care. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized. Even like I still add the coffee on there because I like it a lot. AG1 tastes really good too. And I enjoy my glass every single morning. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them 
can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And so now we've we've signaled to our kids, we've signaled to the world that care is a woman's issue, that this new baby is a woman's issue. And that's why we have a generation of men, right, that truly believe that care is not something that they need to worry about. I've never thought of it that way, that it's a not valuing care, but you're you're totally correct. Um, And I'm interested in like how it is. Is it different outside of the U.S.? Is it different in Nigeria where you live? Do people value care more? Absolutely not. I mean, this is a this is literally, uh, you know, global. Right. There's no country in the world that has achieved gender equity. Mm -hmm. Right. Because everywhere in the world, there is, you know, this idea that women will always be the one to support society. That is our job to, you know, leave our jobs and have a baby, leave work early to make the meals, right? And literally reshuffle our schedule to do all the drop-offs and pickups and, you know, and summer camps and all of those things. It's like, you know, that is what you're supposed to do. And, And I think what is even more concerning is that women are the biggest gatekeepers. It's like, shh, your dad is sleeping. Uh-huh. I you can, know. Oh gosh. You're like bringing up you all know? the emotions in me right now. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, really? I'm supposed to be here and make sure that he gets good sleep when yeah. I have been interrupted. Literally women are interrupted by their kids during the pandemic, three minutes, 42 seconds. <sighs> and we are, and we're still out there protecting men's time. That is our F job. All of these things you know what you you've just like succinctly said it it's protecting men's time because like this is something that i have noticed that i have been doing myself for the past month when my husband like is going through this big work thing that he's going through is just protecting time and i think it's like just being aware of the issue aware that we're doing it too helps because i don't think like if i hadn't come in contact with like eve rodsky's work or with your work i wouldn't have this week my for instance my kids are home from school they have all break and uh, I'm shuffling around my schedule. And it was like the middle of the week. I'm like, hold up. I am shuffling my whole schedule around the kids and I am not asking anything of him. And so I have started being like, hey, can you go take him to a school? Can you do this? But it's still, it's me as the gatekeeper. Exactly. And it's you having to literally, you know, do all the conceptualizing, right? And the planning mm-hmm. and all he's doing is executing. And that is like the simplest thing. I always tell thing. people, it's not, like, it's not like the hard work is not in dropping the kids off at summer camp. Mm-hmm. The hard work is finding the right summer camp, 
right? It is. Making sure that it fits in the family budget, making sure that they get all the immunization records and, you know, the doctor and the dentist and the pediatricians and, you know, and all of these things and planning that, you know, around your schedule so you can do the drop off and pick up. And then all you got to do is say, honey, just drop him off at two o'clock. Like that is... We're carrying all the mental load. We're carrying all the mental load. Every single one of them, every single one of them. And so what we've said is, I mean, I, when I talk to leaders in the workplace, CEOs, I tell them, I said, we we don't need any more performance reviews in order to really balance the gender wage gap. I need you to start asking your executives, your managers to do laundry at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, just do one thing, just pick up one task. And report out when you get to the workplace and say, you know what, this week, my own, like what I got done, made sure from start to finish was laundry, was cooking, was meal prepping. You know, one of the things that, you know, my friend talks about is a lot. We've talked about the gender, the gender wage gap. Look at how long we've been talking about this. Oh my God, you know, women only make 80 cents of a man's dollar. And it's only, it's going to take 135 years or 151 years in order for us to close the gender wage gap in order to close the gender equity gap. And I'm like, you know what? We're all going to be dead by then. Yeah. What, are we, what, what, is, what is this? You're like, like you're like, what's what? the point even if it's going to take that long? It feels like <laughs> exactly. it's too overwhelming. And, 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 you know, I mean, and men don't care, right? They're going to be like, oh, 151 years old. We don't care about that. There's no return on investment. Yeah. Yeah, but like hearing all this, what is the next step? What is the next step for us as women to not only advocate for ourselves, but advocate for like the future generations and make this change because it does, it feels so overwhelming. And when you hear those numbers of like 140 years, it's like, well, am I, do I hold power to make that change? I think we do. I think, I think we do. And I think, and I think that it, 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 all of these conversations we're having, believe it or not, every single one of them counts because the next time, right. You do, you're going to be like, okay, I, I better watch myself. I better watch myself. You know, I can't keep going out protecting this man's time and not protecting mine. Mm-hmm. So I think every single conversation we have on a daily basis matters. So that's one. Two is we have to demand it. Yeah. We have to demand it. We have to demand it of our partners and we have to demand, we have to hold the workplace accountable, right? I mean, look at how fast we got a COVID vaccine, mm-hmm. you know, and we're out here saying it's going to take 135 years, but that, that's because we don't care about closing the gap. Yeah. Men don't care about closing the gap. If they were losing money every day, they'd be like, ooh, let's close it right now. But look at us. Women are losing money every single day and we don't care about closing this gap. We're busy out here gatekeeping. And I feel like we, as not all women see it and some women contribute to, I mean, I don't, I want to say this very carefully, but I see some women contribute to this wage gap and like kind of make not excuses, but make rationalizations for why men can't do more or why their partners can't do more in the house and how they need to pick up the load. And it's almost like having those discussions and trying to to make other women see too that, hey, like this is a real issue that could be fixed, but there are certain things that we're doing that are contributing to the problem that we need to like yeah. change our actions to really see well, change. Absolutely. I was going to say, we also need to let go of that, that story, that narrative that we've been told, because I think part of it, I can say, at least from my perspective, when I push back on what I've been told societally about what women should do and men should do, especially in the household, 
I feel like when I'm pushing back, sometimes I'm saying something negative about my father and my grandfather. And I'm not like, and and that's the thing that I think that women kind of have to get that over that hump of like, we're not saying that previous generations, our our fathers, our grandfathers were like lazy or or didn't care. It was just, we know better. It's that whole statement. Once we knew better, we did better. So it's like keeping that going forward. And, and I think everything comes back to, and this is what even I talk about this all the time. Oh my word. We talk about this all the time. It is, it all, it, it all comes back to valuing care, right? And it's because we don't, women, we don't value the care that we provide. And men don't give, you know, men don't give a flying F about the, that care because one, we don't even value it. It's like, oh my word, you know, because it works and and I'm home, Right. That just means that, you know, he doesn't get to do anything that I get to protect his time so that he can continue to work. But that's because society doesn't value your time, because if your time was valued, if the care that you provide was valued, then everyone will come back to the table and be like, oh, my word, it's five o'clock. Gee, we're both tired. Mm-hmm. What else do we have left for the day? Yes. Right. Definitely. That is the kind of conversation that should be happening. It shouldn't be that whoa, you know, it's five o'clock and he's, he's worked hard. Oh my word, he's worked hard. Well, what were you doing? Yeah. Were you twiddling your thumb? No, it's true. <laughs> you know? And there's, there's also like women who have full-time jobs and then come home and then take care of all the house stuff, the meal prep, the getting kids to bed, the co- like coordinating all the doctor's appointments and then say like, oh, I just can't ask my husband right now because he's really busy with work. And I'm like, no, like you were busy with work too and you're busy with home. And it's just like this overwhelming thing where I see like so many moms getting burnt out. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Yeah, that's the one that get me, Joanne. You just touched on that one. What we found is that ambitious women, C-level executives, Mm -hmm. managers, directors are the same women that are going back home 
to get more work done. It's, you know, we, and, you know, we've talked yep. about this before. It's the, it's the second shift, you know, men don't have it. We, we're literally the only one to have this shift where we go back and we just go into another round of work. And, and the, the idea is that, you know, we want to continue to, it's, it, it's all about protecting men's time. And it's also about signaling that look at me, I have a career, but I'm still doing what I'm expected to do as the mom. It's true. As the wife that you married. It's like, no, you don't get a trophy, right? You don't get like, there's no, there's no upside to this because what we now have in our hands is the mental health crisis. So many moms are popping pills left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. I mean, drinking left, right. I mean, I drink, but we're seeing excessive drinking. We're seeing, you know, women popping pills more than men. Yeah. And the, the reality is that women have to, you know, they have to cope with just this added intense, intensive work, you know, this repetitive, unrelenting, think about it, you know, kids that need to go to, you know, eat lunch. You can't be like, oh, John, you know what? I'm so tired. You're going to, you're going to have to eat lunch in five days. Yeah, right? <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. That won't work. You can't do that. You know, that won't work. So these things are happening every day and women just have no outlet. And men have outlet, right? Because they can just decide that they're not doing it because they are banking on the fact that you're going to do it. Yeah, it's true. Little changes that we can make here in the home. I heard you already say that demand of workplaces, that they value care already. And also make sure that we value our own time so that we're protecting our own time as much as we're protecting our partner's time. What other suggestions do you have where we can like start making this gender equity appear uh, either in the workplace or in the home. I think the like, you know one of the things that I you know that I say is we need to bring a humanity into the workplace, right? In order for us to really value care, we need to bring a humanity. You know, there's this we've had this thin line saying, you know what, we leave everything that happens at work and we leave everything that happens at home, right? Well, that doesn't work anymore, especially in a distributed workforce right? Where work is at home, home is at work, you know, everybody's just literally your, you know, your kitchen has turned into your home office and, and vice versa. And so we, we now live in a, in a world where it's actually okay for you to parent out loud, like my friend Mary Beth would say, or care out loud, right? Because now you can say, you know what, it's, it's 4 p.m. and I have to take my kids to soccer practice. And so I'm not able to meet at this time. Mm-hmm. And it should be okay. That should be it okay. It literally should be okay. Right. And 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 if and if men can do this, and so let, let me let me actually be very clear. I am really excited about the new generation of men that we are having because I see it. The roles are starting to converge. Men are starting to do more. They are starting to do more housework. They're starting to do more childcare. And I think we need to, we need to, we need to acknowledge that. Um, because the more we acknowledge that the more men can do, right? The more they can. And I think the pandemic helped a little bit. That was one of the silver lining because they could see, right? All of this work that was literally going in into running a household. And they were like, oh my. Yeah. So Blessing, what are you looking forward to right now? I think I'm looking forward to men stepping, you know, into their power. I think, you know, Eve, Eve talks about this a lot and I, and, and, and the reason it's important to me and the work we do, I'm going to honestly, is because we have basically taken on this mission to reimagine care in the workplace. And we can only get there when men are in line 
with the program, if you will, um, when men really and truly value care. And like I said, what gives me hope is, you know, all the men that are doing more of the housework, more of the childcare, especially since the pandemic, that gives me hope. And I'm looking forward to that because I think as a result of all of this, we may be able to close the gender wage gap faster. We may be able to, you know, close the gender equity gap faster. We, you know, and we may also be able to achieve, you know, all of the things that we want to achieve as women, right? So many women have left their careers or they've left their dreams, their ambitions, their goals, just because they want to, you know, provide for their family. They want to be there to, you know, to support them, to help their kids go to baseball camp and help them get good grades, make sure that, you know, they never fall sick. There's so many things that women do because, you know, nobody else can do it. Right. Yeah, because that's, exactly. at least that's how they feel. Right. They're like, nobody else can do it. But when we get more help um, or support, so definitely, you know, the word help when we when we get more support from men at home and in the workplace, then women can actually go after their own dreams, their own goals, their own ambition. Um, and it's a win win for everyone, because what's the point of living in a world where only men are flourishing? Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I have loved our conversation today, Blessing. You have like given so much to think about and just put words to the things that I've been seeing and I've been feeling as well. So thank you so, so much for joining us. And uh, we will we'll talk to you later. Thank you. So it was interesting talking with Blessing because we originally brought her on not to talk about what we talked about in this episode. <laughs> it was so because Blessing has a really interesting story and uh, something I don't think we brought up in the episode, but that she moved her entire family back to her home country of Nigeria because she did not want to raise them in the U.S. She wanted them to be raised in Nigeria, which is a really interesting question to probe right there. Like, what was the thought process there? What mm-hmm. were you thinking? What were the goals? Were, were you able to achieve them? But but we had this much more interesting conversation yes. about care. And her comments stuck with me a long time. Like after this interview, I was looking around and nodding my head at things and being like, you know, you're right. Care is not valued. The work no. we do as moms, which is care, isn't really put any value to it. It's because we don't really achieve anything finite with it. Like it can't be easily measured. Right. Well, and part of it is because like society doesn't measure it like they're they don't. And we've talked about this in several podcast episodes, um, just that our time as as moms and wives and caretakers of the household, whatever your role is, it's it's often just seen as like something that you just do. You're just you're just supposed to do it. Yeah, you naturally have it or you don't. You just do it. And that's not fair. No, no, because it, and again, we talk about in the episode, like it's not, it's not equal. That expectation is not given to men through society and especially through companies. Mm -hmm. And that is what Blessing is working to change with Mother Honestly is to get companies to understand the worth of care. And I cannot wait to see that happen. I cannot wait to see that happen either. And I think we all have a like input in that happening. The more that we value the own work, our own work in care, Mm -hmm. like sometimes like I'll do it myself. I'll be like, yeah. Sure, I like I, I handled a lot of issues that came up with my kids today. I had this great conversation with them with about one of their friends. I like cleaned up after them, but really I was just staying home and I, I didn't do as much and I need to make oh. sure that my husband isn't stressed out. I mean, that's the thinking yeah. I catch myself having. And I'm like, 
what is going on You're here? Like, Joanne, you are no guilt mom. Yeah. <laughs> I even, I think that's just like insidious stuff that just gets into us. It does. Like, it's, we're programmed that way. It's like in the air we breathe. But we can change it. Yes. We have to believe we can change it and make that change. So. Yes, we can. So until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.